lest they should see with their eyes and perceive with their heart and would turn and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things when he saw his glory and spoke of him till even many among the rulers believed in him but because of the Pharisees they did not confess it openly so that they would not be put out of the synagogue for they loved human praise more than God's praise. Jesus cried aloud, whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in the one who sent me. Whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in the dark. If anyone listens to my sayings and does not believe, I do not judge this person, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Whoever rejects me and does not receive my sayings has a judge already. The word that I spoke is what will judge such a person in the last day. For I did not speak from myself. Instead, the Father who sent me has given me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. I know that his commandment is eternal life, and therefore what the Father has told me is what I speak. Glory be to God forever. In the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christos Anesti, Aritos Anesti, Christ is risen and truth he is risen. Um, today is the fifth Sunday of Paschal Tide or Pentecost. Um, and um, this is one of my favorite passages, but I'm going to try not to um, dwell on it the same way that I usually do because I've given lots of talks about most of this and, and in the Bible study. So instead, maybe I just want to revisit um, this concept of light and how it affects us today. I know that my obsession is truth, but that's what this is about. And it's not my fault. It's God's fault um, for being who he is. Um, but I wanted to maybe reflect today on um, choosing to stay in the dark as opposed to just what the light what the light does. Because I do think that we are guilty of, of choosing darkness, myself included, um, which should seem nonsensical, but it's what we do and it's what our Lord is addressing here. How often, for example, do people say, you know what? I don't even want to know, right? That's, that's um, a common expression and it's reflective of somebody choosing to stay on on some level um, in the in, in darkness. And I think it's because 
when you know something, it often requires that you do something. So often we would, we would rather not know so we don't have to do. And if we don't have to do, everything seems more safe and more, and more comfortable. So let's just maybe understand what the darkness looks like to understand a little bit better what our Lord is saying. Imagine if you lived life in a basement with almost zero light, almost completely pitch black. You're not alone in this basement, okay? Somehow you need to figure out how to eat, how to drink, forgive me, even how to go to the bathroom. You need to figure it out, navigate it, knowing that there are others in the basement with you. So you've got some survival things that are going to have to work themselves out somehow with your living arrangements in this basement, right? Food, drink, bathroom, uh, language, right? If you're all in the dark, you have to figure out how are we going to communicate? What's, what are our words that we're using? What are the code words? What are signals that we're using? Whether it's sounds, regardless of what it is, is that you're going to need to find in the dark some way to, to communicate. You're also in that basement, you're going to need to find a leadership system. It's inevitable. At some point, there's going to be a leadership system. Because if, if in the dark, we all try to take control, we're in the dark. So there's going to be a lot of injuries, a lot of accidents, a lot of hurt people. So inevitably, if everyone does his or her own thing, chaos ensues, injuries happen, and 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 we by nature appear to like order. So we end up organizing ourselves. But the interesting thing is that depending on the situation, different people will emerge as leaders in the dark. If there's a fight going on, then people who are really good brokers and peacemakers, they're going to reign as leaders for a little bit. If our major struggle in the basement at some point is that we need to build something or get something together. Then whoever seems the most engineering-ish of the crowd, they're going to become the leaders. If someone is sick, whoever has got the gift of health, they're going to come out as, as the leaders. Leaders emerge in times of crisis, either because of their specific skill or because of their charisma. So in this basement, you're judging leaders, actually, because you're in the dark. Remember that you're, we're, we're still talking about being in the dark. You're judging your leaders based on what they say, right? Well, based on what they say, the conviction of their voice. And maybe you might be assessing them on whether or not you believe that they can deliver whatever product it is that they're selling. Okay, so number one was your survival stuff. Number two, we said your leadership. Number three, when you're in the dark, you're going you're gonna to start to form different communities. You might group people um, to whoever is simply physically closest to you. It could be a grouping based on how people help you, some kind of um, opportunism or help that you receive. It could be personalities that you simply think are nice. It could be that you group this leadership on people that you actually fear. And so you feel it's, it's most advantageous because of how scary this person or, or how charismatically powerful this person is, that maybe I need to be close to this person, even though you might not like that person. But leadership is going to start to form because decisions are going to need to get made. 
So all this is going on in the dark. Like this is how civilizations in general emerged, right? Then when you're in the dark, you need to recognize that you will be interpreting the world through the dark. You'll feel around in the dark and you start learning about materials, but it's in the dark. So you'll be able to say, okay, this is hard. This is soft. This thing seems to move a lot when it's windy. This thing seems to sit down still. You start to interpret things based on this context of dark. Okay. You also might start to build primitive things in the dark based on what you physically interact with because you might want a table you might not really know how to put together a full table but you'll be able to feel like okay this is a hard surface this can go here like you'll you'll, you'll get a sense so you might start building things but you're building them in the dark and your eyes become accustomed to the dark you'll you'll be used to the tiny slivers of light that you're seeing um, and so your, your eyes, your physiology, everything gets accustomed to functioning in the dark, right? Your skin color, everything, a lot of what happens to you, all of it is going on um, with the premise that you are living in darkness. Everything about you reacts and, and works through that darkness. You name things, develop things, etc. everything. So I want to really drive home that it, it, you got these glasses on called dark and you see everything through them, you assess through them and they affect your mind, your input, your sensory input, your output, everything is based on darkness. I can keep going with the darkness when I stop there. The question then becomes now imagine if somebody walks in and turns on the light. First of all, you're going to have difficulty adjusting because you're used to darkness. So your, your eyes will hurt. You might, your immediate reaction will probably be to slam your eyes shut. Right? That's the natural physiological reaction to suddenly turning on the lights. Um, you might even hate the light at first because you don't, you're not used to this feeling of pain, right? You're not used to the, the, this, this reaction that you're having, but you're now forced to view the world in a new way. But the point that I want to make, the point that our Lord is making to these people is that it's not a new way. It's the real way. You've just had your eyes closed the whole time or they were in the dark the whole time that you didn't know that you weren't actually viewing the world correctly. That is the story of humanity. This is what's going on in this gospel when Christ comes and this is what we're celebrating in the light of the resurrection. Humans, from the beginning of history, we had chosen darkness. Okay, that the whole reason why we're in a basement with the light off is humans. It wasn't, it wasn't the punishment from God. Okay, it wasn't anything like that. It was that we chose darkness rather than light. The Father created us in light. The, created, the Father created us for light. The Father gave us his light. But then we chose darkness. And I'm not going to go into the whole history. The whole Testament, we're, we're living in darkness, and we, we prefer darkness rather than light. But in history, there was a special group of people, the Jews. So within this basement that we're talking about, the Jews were a special group that they had been given special things by God that helped them navigate the darkness. They originally were offered to everybody. People refused them. And so the Jews became the only ones who were responsive to that help from God. 
And so they were given special tools that maybe the rest of the people in the basement didn't have. However, they were still living in darkness. They were still living in darkness. That's why our Lord, when he came, said, I am come as a light to the whole world. He didn't say, I have come as a light to the Gentiles, but not to the Jews. The Jews needed the light just as much as the Gentiles needed the light. But the Gentiles also were living in darkness. They had rejected all of the work and the help of God from early on. Why am I using these examples? Say, when we talk about these allies, these groups that are for, forming in the basement, these are the different groups that were there. So the Jews are one group, the Gentiles another group. Everyone's kind of bending around. And the, and the people started trying to make sense of their world. Just like we in the basement analogy, we tried to make sense of our world. We felt around, felt for objects, learned things, tried to clear the environment. Humans were doing that in the world. They're trying to make sense of the world. And they did it in different ways, right? There's different religions that formed, different rituals that formed. And then every one of these humans also formed different kinds of allies. Some, some communities, some, some civilizations were, were family-based, right? You formed friends in different ways. Some, some alliances are made geographically, um, some based on just your neighbors. Others were, you know what, it looks like this kingdom is getting really powerful. Let's make friends with my enemy before I become his slave. So all of these things that we did in the dark are what we did in history. And they tried to build up religion, but they didn't really get it. Even the Jews didn't really get it. They got what they could, right? They understood it definitely better than the rest. But they clearly also didn't even get their own religion. Otherwise, our Lord, when he came, wouldn't perpetually tell them, you don't get it. Because they didn't get it. So we were in darkness because of human choice. And so our Lord brought true meaning with him. The Lord came as, as a light, bringing full and true meaning to the people. And you would think that people would rejoice at seeing the light, but they didn't. Instead, they were upset at the light, and they chose, and we choose, darkness rather than light. Why? Right? Why would they? And it seems so dumb, and yet th that's, that's us. Why, why would people choose darkness rather than light? Honestly, it can be for those the huge myriad of reasons. It's comfortable. It's comfortable. When you were laying in the basement, your responsibilities were minimal. Your expectations were minimal. You didn't need to actually know, no, because you felt comfortable with. Nobody knows. So no one's going to yell at me. We're all in the same boat. We're all in this dark shit. All I got to do is pull this lever. All I got to go is walk here. Like whatever simple systems that we had, that was what we lived with. But suddenly knowing something pulls you out of that comfort zone. But turning on the light also was bad news for those who wanted power. For those who enjoyed the power that they were enjoying, these leaders that emerged. That they were used to having prestige. They got to call the shop. They got to, used to being able to tell people what to do and people responded willingly. But suddenly with the presence of light, People didn't necessarily need that leadership in that way because now they could, they could understand it for themselves. They could see it. 
They didn't need somebody who, who was claiming a certain skill necessarily if there was no reason to depend on them anymore. And that makes people uncomfortable. So some people, instead of saying, yeah, 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 now we all get it because of light, are saying, no, you still need to listen to me. It became a personal thing. It became an ego thing. That's one of the people that our Lord is speaking about in the gospel. Right? The Pharisees did not confess it openly. Some believed in the light, it says. They believed in the light. But they would not confess it openly, lest they be put out of the synagogue, for they loved him and praised more than God's praise. So these leaders are holding on to power. But there are even some people who are still so afraid of the tyrant, so afraid of the charisma of the leader, that they would rather pretend to be in darkness than to listen to the light. In the dark, you could make up whatever you wanted. You could say, no, 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 I'm pretty sure there's a bunny in the corner. You sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Why? Oh, I, I heard this noise. Okay, maybe it's a bunny. Right? You can say, oh, everybody do this because I am pretty sure I heard this. In the dark, not many people can challenge you. They can say and do almost whatever they want. You can't see it. And so you're dealing with the mind. The light turned on and you can see it. Guys, there's no bunny. In fact, there's no way a bunny could have come in because the doors are locked and there are no holes in the room. But you couldn't say that when you're in the dark because you didn't know. And so people enjoy being able to say whatever they want. And sometimes we don't like truth. We don't like light because we would like to continue to assert whatever it is that we assert. We would like to exert control the way that we typically exert control. And so we fear light instead of rejoicing the light because we wanted it to be about ourselves. In the dark, you might have enjoyed your, your alliances. You like team this with team this because it was fun and it gave you meaning and it gave you something that you enjoyed. And so that even when the light turned on, you're like, no, 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 we're going to continue this alliance forever. Why? I don't know, but we should. We were originally allied because we needed to accomplish this. Now we're just doing it because it was convenient. It served our purposes. I don't know, right? We, we do random things like that. And you might choose dark because you were attached to your own interpretations of the dark, similar to what we said earlier, not just in terms of what you get to command others, but even on a personal level, that you liked your own interpretation so much that you would rather doubt the truth than doubt your own dark interpretation. We don't like the idea of being wrong or mistaken about anything. It's not, it's not uh, comfortable for some reason for people to acknowledge their fallibility. But what you don't put up in the light, what you don't hold up to the light and stand in front of the light with, you'll remain a captive to. It's that simple. The light will shine on everything at some point. So do you want to confront your darkness boldly? Or do you want to flee the light? Those are, those are, the, those are the only options that we have. And if you want to kind of get a sense of yourself, ask yourself, how do you react to correction? When someone tells you you're mistaken, 
how do you react? Do you get upset? Do you get defensive? Do you outwardly act smiley and on the inside be like, it's okay, they don't really get it, but it's okay, it's okay. Do you, how do you react when someone turns on that light? How do you judge situations based on what? Something happens in front of you, are you quick to say, huh, this person is wrong? Do you? And if you said that they're wrong, on what basis did you decide that they were wrong? Based on the light switch turned on or based on living in the dark? Do you judge just judgment? Are you hard to convince or are you somebody who's hard to have their minds changed? Because if you are, chances are you're not somebody who really likes light. Because if you like light, you will like being informed of anything. But if you don't like light, you would like to remain in your darkness. You, we, we do this all the time. Are you set on your opinions of others? This is how that person is, and that's it. You decided that that's how that person is right now and forever. And if you don't think you are, then maybe do a mental inventory if there's anybody in your mind that you know you don't like. Or if there's anybody that you would actively say, I would never work with that person. Or anyone in your mind that you say, oh, I would never hire that person. And ask what the reason is. Because you might not think that you're set in your opinion of others, but you might really actually be set in your opinion of others. Do you have grudges from the past? Because if so, you're not wanting the light switched on. You're enjoying the dark situation. Are you defensive? Are you very defensive? The minute that someone says you made a mistake, are you defensive? Not defensive because you're trying to make the person in front of you feel okay, but defensive because you're trying to show that you, you didn't really make a mistake. To my defense, one, two, three. That's the kind of defensiveness that I, that I mean. Do you care more about maintaining your position and maintaining your authority than integrity? Do you always make sure that there's some resolution where you maintain your position? Because if so, then your primary love or joy or rejoicing is not in the light, it's in you. That would be the, the main source. Or much, much more simply, if you wanna know whether you prefer light or dark, ask yourself, do you ever compromise the gospel? Because if you compromise the gospel, then you are explicitly saying, sorry, I would right now prefer darkness over light. If you're any of the above, you prefer darkness. I'm one of them. I'm not here to tell everyone how bad they are. We prefer, even with the light on, even with the light on, to live in darkness. And that's why our Lord says, okay, whoever believes in me, believes in the one who sent me, the Father. Whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. Um, in, in, in ancient times, even in Mediterranean culture to some extent to this day, the messenger sent, it was viewed culturally as an extension of the very being of the person sent. So it actually had an equality. So even in Christ saying this, he's showing his equality to the Father. 
I'm coming in the Father's name, which means that you seeing me is seeing the Father. You receiving me is actually receiving the Father. Right? That's actually what's being said um, by, by our Lord here. But he's saying, okay, I'm here to turn the light. And if anyone listens to me and doesn't believe me, he's like, it's not my problem. He, it, it is, and he does care. But he's saying, I'm not coming to judge this person. I'm, I'm here right now not to judge the world for what mistakes that they're making in the dark. Okay? He's saying, I know that you're making mistakes in the dark, but I'm not here to judge you for the mistakes you make in the dark. I am come as a light into the world. I am the, I am the light. My father has turned on the switch saying, you've been claiming that you're stuck in the dark and that's, that's fine. I'm here. I'm sending my son. The light is on. Sun, shine. And that was a plan of words that I did not intend. Okay? So the, the, the sun of righteousness, S-U-N of righteousness, shone upon the whole entire world. And he said, okay, so that now you know. That's why I'm saying this is not the time for judgment. The time for judgment is going to come when you're asked, given that you had the light on, why did you act like there was no light? Because it does sound like a crazy question of saying, why would we, but we do it. That's what the whole point was, everything we just said. But that question is going to be posed at myself and at all of you someday of saying, the light was on. Why did you reject it? Why did you prefer darkness over light? That's the question. We need to ask ourselves why we prefer darkness rather than light. And the struggle that we need to have, if you want repentance, if you want transformation, if you want the resurrection to be your life, then learn to love the light. Make the light your desire. Make the light your passion. Make the light the very thing that gives you being. Literally, we can't grow things without life, without light. Right? The sun, the sunshine is even necessary for plant growth. Right? The light is, is everything. We need to love the light. The light illumines, it fixes, it teaches, it comforts, it gives hope, it gives correctness. Because it shows truth, because it is truth. Light and truth are synonymous. They're the exact same thing. To live according to the light is to live according to the truth. To live according to a lie is to live according to darkness. Is to intentionally subject yourself to a system that will fail because it's not true. Why choose that? Why choose that? Practice it. Practice wanting light. Practice wanting truth. Practice wanting to be corrected. Next time someone tells you you're wrong, no matter what tone they use, say thank you. Thank you for correcting me, whether it came from your father or from your son, from your servant or from your priest. Say thank you. Thank you for helping me find out that I'm, that I'm mistaken. If somebody tells you, hey, you're grumpy, instead of responding with, well, you'd be grumpy too if you woke up at four in the morning, right? Or you'd be grumpy too if you had to deal with three whining kids who want the food on the table right away, right? Even if that's what you're saying on the inside, right? It's to say, 
they're right. I'm grumpy. I need to struggle not to be grumpy. Right? If your spouse is critical of one of your behaviors, accept it. Say, you know what? There, there is a truth that's going on here. Instead of trying to find a reason to justify what you did in the dark, I, I, I was saying this because of this. No, why do you need to be defensive? Truth is truth because it's truth. Light is light because it's light. Okay? Just turn around and be like, yeah, you have a point here. Because when you are all, and when we are all embracing truth, you'll find resolutions to any problem that exists. And you won't find discord in existence because light casts it away. The only way to come into peace, the only way to come to joy is to live in the light. To love the son of righteousness is to love the son of God. May his true light shine upon our lives, on our souls, on our spirits, and our bodies. May we prefer lightness over light over dark. And may we in turn become light to everyone who's in dark places. To our God be power, glory, and majesty forever and ever and unto the ages of all ages. Amen.